Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. We've waited, what, three months for a Liverpool game and then we get two games in the space of a week and this game against Crystal Palace was very much Liverpool back to their best, back to their winning best, back to the team that we got so used to before the lockdown, the team that were just dismantling any team both in Europe uh, and in the Premier League and were just, you know, showing us why they were, you know, 20, 23 points now it is ahead of any other team in the Premier League. Um, just kind of everything worked and went well in the game, really. Like, uh, there was the players were, were very clinical in their finishing. The passing and all the moves we tried all kind of came off. And it just felt like one of those games where everything just clicked. And I think there's a few reasons why that is the case, and I want to go through them in this episode. Um, but one of the big reasons why I think that was was that we were kind of back to our strongest eleven. Um, before we went into lockdown, if you were to ask kind of any Liverpool fan what was our strongest eleven, I think it would have been the exact team that was named by Jurgen Klopp for this game against Crystal Palace. And uh, there's obviously a couple of queries. You know, I think the Wijnaldum one is an interesting one, whether we have Wijnaldum or or Cato or even Oxlade Chamberlain in that position. But uh, I think for me, Wijnaldum showed in, in this game why he he's so important and why he's kind of part of that best eleven uh, for Liverpool. And I think a bit another reason why the that is our kind of strongest eleven is a, is one word, and that is balance. Um, both in terms of kind of the balance we get in the width with a left footer like Andy Robertson at left back, and, and obviously Trent at right back, um, but then also in the way that Gomez and Van Dijk complement each other as well. With you know both of them with pace, very good on the ball. Joe Gomez sometimes drops back and is the last defender. Sometimes Van Dijk drops back. Um, they kind of have that really, really good relationship. And then the way kind of Wijnaldum, Fabinho and Henderson rotate in the midfield is very, very interesting. So if you watch the game, you will see at some points in the game, Fabinho is actually the furthest midfield, midfielder forward, kind of leading the press. Um, and then it's kind of Henderson maybe who sits into that, that position. But then at other times when we're kind of playing out from the back, it's Fabinho that picks up the ball and then Henderson is more in that kind of inside right channel or even further out uh, on, the, on the wing um, supporting Trent and, and Mo Salah. Um, and then the final bit of the kind of whole balance of this Liverpool squad is that front three. Um, with Mane and Salah both kind of being the wrong foot for their wing and both coming inside, that obviously naturally leaves the space in the uh, in the wide positions for Trent and Robertson to get into, uh, which is kind of what they need and what they want. Um, but then it also, then, you know, for us, then it also causes a threat in behind, which is kind of what we lacked against Everton. We didn't really uh, threaten to run in behind them. It was everything was all kind of very in front of them. Um, but I think all of those kind of cogs and all of those bits put together just mean that we have a very very kind of balanced team. Um, it doesn't look like. You know, we're forcing anything. Everything looks very natural in terms of the passes we play, in terms of the turns the players make in the in the middle of the pitch. Everything seems very like natural, um, which just makes it which just makes everything flow more easily. Uh, which is why I think we created a hell load more chances in this game, and why we you know why we went on to score four goals, whereas we we struggled to get one against um, Everton. As I mentioned at the beginning, there we were we were very clinical and technical with our play. You know, the passes into feet. You know, there were no heavy touches, there were no misplaced passes. Um, there, there just wasn't any rust that we saw against Everton. And obviously, you know, we've had three days, so what's that? Probably two, three training sessions. Uh, but maybe it was kind of just that match experience, match atmosphere, um, rust that the players needed to get off. 
before they could really kind of you know get back get back to their winning ways and and as i mentioned right at the beginning of this episode we really really did look like ourselves um from you know from before the lockdown in terms of the way we pressed high in terms of the way the front three linked up uh, all of those different aspects were, were very reminiscent of what we saw um kind of pre-march and what what has put us in this kind of crazy crazy position that we are in the league where we're almost we're just one win away now or a man city loss um from from sealing our first premier league title in 30 years so um uh yeah it was just it was just great to see it was very very easy on the eye um you know watching the game it was one of those games where you know, it makes you really proud to be a Liverpool fan. You you see how great the team plays, like how how well everything worked. Um, Crystal Palace, I think they were really really impacted by the the Wilfred Zaha substitution. I think a lot of their game was based on being able to kind of pump the ball forward and for him and Jordan Ayew to kind of press and and try and lead a break. Um, but when he went off, kind of Max Meyer is a very different type of player, and they kind of never really. Um, got a foothold in the game uh, because right at the beginning, you know, Zaha came off quite early and then after that, they kind of um, were very, uh, I'd say, passive in their in their, in their their play. Obviously, Alisson, I think, did nothing all game. Maybe had one shot that went way over his bar. But but other than that, you know, Alisson w- was the spectator for most of the match. The first goal was something that we've seen before, right? You know, even if I think back to Trent's first goal for Liverpool, the, the Hoffenheim free kick, um... But this goal really reminded me of the one he scored against Watford away, I think it was last season, um, where it was a similar kind of position. And he, as he starts kind of very um, kind of horizontal to the ball, which lets him get that real whip. Um, it was a great free kick, you know, uh, couldn't have placed it any better. Um, keeper stood no chance, wall stood no chance. And uh, yeah, you know, it was just it was just your perfect free kick. If, you, if you're ever going to watch a compilation of perfect free kicks, i.e. you know the ones hitting the postage stamp then that was that was one of them and um yeah it was a fantastic fantastic goal and it did look like um it was going to have to be a set piece that we scored that we kind of scored from to open up the game because crystal palace were defending very deep uh with lots of men behind the ball which nothing wrong with that that was the kind of tactic they came to play play with but um yeah it was going to be it was already it was already evident that it was going to be tough to break them down um but that set piece goal really really helped us and um kind of set us on the way for that and for this emphatic win um and after and after that you know crystal palace you know you may have assumed may have come out a bit more you know pressed a bit higher up the pitch but they kind of retreated into their shell a bit and it almost at times seemed like they were playing like a 5-5-0 formation with jordan Ayew dropping so back deep it kind of was was no out ball for them at all and as soon as they were able to clear the ball you know van dyke and gomez were able to win it back immediately and they were playing so far in Crystal Palace's half that there was just no respite at all um, and this was kind of shown in uh, the second goal just before half time where Fabinho picked the ball up and he was kind of what 15-20 yards into the Crystal Palace half with time on the ball and was able to clip the ball over we've seen that so many times from him that's one of his definite specialities that he does kind of better than really any of the other midfielders we have um, and Salah making a really really perfectly timed run uh, and yeah, one, one, you know, once he was in behind, once he was in behind Van Aanholt, there was only ever going to be one, um, one result there. And yeah, we went two 0 in at half time, so we couldn't have really asked for for much better. Uh, just one other point while we're on that, so you know, it's been talked about uh, as part of this whole kind of COVID nineteen uh, lockdown situation that that maybe next season will be played uh, behind closed doors as well. And, and a lot of people, uh, pundits alike, had kind of raised the question of. You know the fans are super super important to Liverpool, particularly at Anfield. Um, and how would Liverpool fare if, if for example, next season is totally behind closed doors? 
Um, and if this game is anything to go by, then I think we should be fine. Um, you know, we had that int intensity. Uh, maybe, you know, we kind of, Jürgen Klopp got into the players before and, and kind of go, you know, we need to make up for the, for the Merseyside derby. Um, but, you know, it, we played really, really well and as well as we have all season behind closed doors. So I think any um, fears that we have that maybe next season, one, we played on behind closed doors and two, that we maybe not we may not perform our best. I think what they, those fears were put to bed uh, in this game. And, and moving on and then into the second half where it was kind of just more of the same, really. We, we carried on where we left off at the beginning of the first half. We were we were pressing really high. We're winning the ball back. Fabinho in particular was really, really good at that. Jordan Henderson as well um, and Joe Gomez as well, you know, really kind of just getting, getting into the face of the Crystal Palace players, pinching the ball back. Um, and you know, just giving giving them no rest, which essentially kind of just that was what really wore them down, um, and pretty much got us the third and fourth goals. I would say so. The third goal was, you know, they kind of backed off Fabinho. They they made that mistake in the first half, and he was able to clip the ball over the top into Salah. But this time, um, he smashed the ball from I'd say what was it about thirty yards. Uh, we have seen that from him in the past. Obviously, the Man City guy, the Man City goal that he scored earlier this season at Anfield as well. Uh, we know he has that in his locker, and you know he's got some, he's got some real swaz, um, and he's got some real tech as he does for Benia, particularly with his strikes from long range. So that was really, really great and positive to see. Um, and I think, yeah, I think if the game wasn't already over after that third goal, it was kind of very much over, and it just became um, the kind of Liverpool show after that. And uh, you know, we were kind of just passing the ball around. Um, kind of making chances at will. We made a couple of chances uh, after the fourth goal, but the fourth goal was um, a perfect, perfect example of why, what I was talking about at the beginning in terms of the balance of the team, why that front three just works together. They all, they kind of, they have that relationship. They have that connection. We saw, you know, it was Mane into Firmino, Firmino into Salah, the Salah into Mane, and then Mane finishing off. And uh, all of that just kind of, flowed and worked together and they you know they didn't have to think twice about it it was all kind of one touch passing um, and that's the type of instinctiveness that those front three have um, and it's been talked about the kind of drop off between our front three and the backup so you know Minamino, Origi etc uh, and that you know there just isn't that that connection between kind of the the backups let's say um, for us and you know I don't think we can expect backups to to you know to be at that level and accept being a backup um, so we'll have to obviously we have to accept you know some drop off, um, but it's kind of like the debate still goes on as to whether that drop off is is too big and uh, games like the you know the Everton one where we're just missing you know one of the front three we showed how much of a difference it makes um, to our kind of our play and and kind of how we how we go about winning a game. Um, so yeah, it was great to see them all three of them back. Uh, great to see Salah play ninety minutes as well. Um, but yeah, that, that that fourth goal really showed that kind of connection between the front three, and we've spent many many episodes of Let's Talk Liverpool as well as you know it's, we've been covering the media a lot about how important that front three is and why they're the best in the world. And that fourth goal for me against Crystal Palace was the best example as to why those three are the best front three in the world as a combination. Obviously, individually, you know, you've got players like the Barcelona front three, for example, or maybe even the Juventus front three or something like that. But uh, as a combination, I think they are the best three um, in the world. Uh, so I want to end up today's episode, as we always do, you guys, with a shout out to Jurgen Klopp. Uh, this is kind of the part of Let's Talk Liverpool where I kind of may give some of my advice to, to Jurgen Klopp. You know, I haven't, I haven't obviously won any league titles. I'm not a football manager, but from what I see... Um, and, and kind of my my experience of watching Liverpool now for, for over 20 years, um, 
I, I give my advice. And I think for me, the shout out to Klopp is actually very, very simple. I think injuries permitting, I think we need to keep this this 11 uh, working together for the rest of the season. I know obviously we'll look to rotate some more players, particularly if we do wrap up the league, you know, by next week, for example, which, which we very much could do. Um, but it would be really, really good to kind of, you know, keep that core nucleus of, of players together um, and just, you know, just keep ramming it home and getting them more and more comfortable playing with each other because they've showed how effective they can be uh, when they are all kind of playing together. So um, that was really, really positive to see. And on the final final point, um, my man of the match for the game, for me, it was Fabinho. We saw his assist and we saw his goal and his kind of all-round play was so amazing. You know, his passing was spot on. His kind of pinching the ball back and really pressurizing the Crystal Palace midfield and defenders was amazing. Um, and I think, you know, he just continued to show us uh, why he's so, so important to the team and, and why he's kind of one of the first names on the team sheet. So uh, that's it for this. That's it for this episode, guys, of Let's Talk Liverpool. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and you're following the podcast to make sure you don't miss any other episodes. But yeah, thank you guys for watching and I'll catch you on the next one.